Thank you so much. Welcome to season two of Strengthened by Grace. I want to take the time to thank you for coming, spending time with me. If you would like, go ahead, share, subscribe, whatever you need to do. But I just, I want to appreciate the time that you guys take to come and listen and hear what the Holy Spirit is saying to me and through me. And so with that, let's go ahead and dive in. Thank you, Father God, for your presence. Thank you, Lord, for your courage, for your boldness, Lord. I thank you, Father God, that you allow your words to become my words, that I would just step into the flow of the Spirit of God, that you would remove the walls, the barriers in your sons and daughters' hearts, Lord, that they would have an ear to hear what the Spirit of God is saying. I thank you, Father God, that you did not give me a spirit of fear, but of power, love, and a sound mind in Jesus' name. So guys, all right, I was a little afraid to speak about this in particular, and um, and the reason for it is because I know there's a particular person that comes into this platform and listens to these messages, even though, even though they may say they don't, I know they do, right? And... Um, and I, I was afraid to speak about this message in particular because I'm like, man, Lord, I don't want to offend them, right? And then the Holy Spirit quickly said, if you are afraid of offending them, then you are not doing what I'm asking you to do because there is fear attached to offending someone, right? And I'm like, you're right, Holy Spirit. And so with this, he also reminded me of how John the Baptist was offended by what Jesus was doing, right? And he said, blessed is the one who isn't offended by what I do. And then I think about, you know, sometimes when there is an, an like a tug in our heart, you know, because the word of God separates things. The word of God and messages of God bring light into darkness. It exposes things in us, right? And with this, I wanted to go over that, you know, at first that, you know, Satan always fights freedom. And what is the way that Satan does, you know, offense? Offense is the bait of Satan, right? And if Satan fights freedom, and this is something that Nate, I take no credit for it because this is all Nate that he was explaining to me. He was like, you know, Satan fights freedom. And I said, man, that is so crazy because we will know the truth and the truth will set us free, right? And if the truth will set us free and Satan fights freedom, Satan fights us to knowing and being honest with ourselves because he knows that the truth will set us free. So he brings offense. He brings um, anger and so forth. So if you listen to this message and then somehow you feel offended, you get angry, then I really pray that you go to the Father and say, why am I feeling like this? Why is this message making me feel a certain way? And I encourage you to know the truth and that the truth will set you free, that you allow the light of God to come and expose anything that needs to be exposed. Now with this, I wanted to go over um, in particular with a life of privacy versus public. So in our culture, we are faced with a constant 
urge or feeling of living a public life, to being a public figure. I've come across a lot of people in the church lately and a really good friend of ours actually even yesterday that, you know, they were like, man, I'm not where I thought I would be when it comes to ministry. I'm not where I thought I would be in my life, right? And I even have, even even in this season where I'm staying at home with my boys, you know, I, I personally don't see myself being where I thought I would be in this season of my life. And sometimes we allow Satan to bring discouragement into our lives by either comparing, seeing other people, doing the things that we we thought we would be doing, right? So then comparison comes in. Then there's also an emotion that comes in of falling behind that we are not enough, right? And so with this, our culture emphasizes and, and pushes to be a public figure. Now, I thought about this, right? And I'm thinking, wow, like I know for me personally, the Lord has led me to live a life of privacy, you know, and I'm not saying people are not called into being public figures, but I think about to what is the cost, you know, counting the cost of everything. And so this led me to... Um, and I'm going to give you guys a couple scriptures. So this led me to Isaiah 37, um, 30. And in one of them, it says, For the Lord God, the Holy One of Israel, has said this. And this is Isaiah 30, 15. In quietness and confident trust is your strength. So this is where the Lord is saying that in quietness and confidence is our strength right? But how many times do we want to live a public life, a public, be a public figure, right? And I think even in social media, while I was walking with Judah, I was thinking, man, I think about Instagram, right? Insta, like everything is instant, right? I think about TikTok, everything is being timed, like TikTok, the, the, um, the clock is ticking, like everything is being rushed. Everything, everyone is is kind of rushing to be seen, to be known, to, to be on the spotlight, to be the public figure. And then the Holy Spirit led me to, to thinking about um, in Galatians 2 where it says, but I did so in private before those of reputation where Paul was doing things in the private realm, right? And I think that this brought me to the concept of why do we like in the Christian church, we have come into like this country club kind of vibe, this Christian celebrity vibe. And if we really look at the Bible, like all these great apostles were not, were not the they were not the popular ones. They were the ones being persecuted. They were the ones that, you know, people didn't like what they were saying. They were being, like I said, persecuted and sought after. And they weren't like the popular people, right? They weren't the Pharisees. They were the outcasts, the ones that people were pushing away. And so I think about how twisted our Christian church has set ways to 
allowing this like aura of a Christian celebrity, right? And I see it even in social media that, you know, you have your clicks. It's almost like a popular click of like, those are the cool Christians, right? Like we're trying to be cool like the culture. We're trying to be influential like the culture. And I think about the the holiness of how God called us to private places. He called us, you know, it, it, it's almost like we're rushing to become a public figure, right? But God called us into the private places of where he is at. Because I know I've said this before, and I love this analogy that Christine Kane said, that if we put ourselves on a pedestal, if we put ourselves on a platform, that same light is going to destroy us. And I always keep that in mind how like, we have been, it, it, the church has been infiltrated with this mindset that we need to become public figures, that we need to be on the spotlight. And so I think about Galatians 2, where it says here, Paul is saying, um, but I did so in private before those of reputation for fear that I may be running or had run the course of my ministry in vain. But all went well for not even Titus who was with me was compelled as some had anticipated to be circumcised despise the fact that he was Greek. Now I love where it says this. It says, my concern was because of the false brothers, those people masquerading as Christians who had been secretly smuggled in to the community of believers. They had slipped into spy on the freedom. Did you guys see that? They were false brothers that were pretending to be Christian who were basically spying on the freedom which we have in Christ Jesus in order to bring us back into bondage under the law of Moses. But we did not yield to them even for a moment so that the truth of the gospel would continue to remain with you in its purity. And I love this part, uh, Galatians 2, 6. But from those who were on high of high reputation... Whatever they were in terms of individual importance makes no difference to me. God shows no partiality. He is not impressed with the positions that people hold, nor does he recognize distinctions such as fame or power. Did you guys hear that? God does not, is not a respecter of people. God shows no partiality. He is not impressed with the positions that people hold, nor does he recognize distinctions such as fame or power. So why do we as Christians want to um, believe in a lie that we also need to become public figures? like other like others in the culture you know instead of living a life that God called us to and I think about also how you know the Lord the Lord um, you know sometimes we I, I really believe like I see it in the church a lot where we all want to you know be on the spotlight we all want to do this ministry do this do that and don't get me wrong. I really do believe that God called, he called everybody, right? He called everybody to, to encourage, to edify, to build up, but he only calls certain people into the office. And we see this in Ephesians 4, where he said he gave gifts 
to the church, some to be apostles, prophets, evangelists, teachers, and pastors, right? And I think about how sometimes we are pushing ourselves to be in an office that God did not call us to. You know, and I always think about also what Christine Kane said, you know, sometimes we are marketing ourselves instead of being marked and we are only marked when we are in the private places in the secret places with God. And I will go over this in the future. And God gave me a great analogy about this, but it's, are we being marked by God or are we marketing ourselves? You know, has God really appointed us to an office, right? Or are we just striving and performing to, to this, um, lie that we have to perform as being Christians to perform, to be a public figure in the Christian arena, right? And I think about it, like how biblical is it where God says like here in Paul Galatians 2, we see that Paul, one of the greatest apostles wasn't running. He was actually he was not, he was being persecuted. He was being persecuted by the popular people, by the famous people, right? And we see it as he speaks it in Galatians 2, 6. But God is not a respecter of people. God shows no partiality. He is not impressed with the positions that people hold, nor does he recognize distinctions such as fame or power. And then I look at also, Isaiah thirty fifteen, where God says, In quietness and confident trust is your strength. In quietness and confidence is our strength. Now, don't get me wrong. I do believe God calls some individuals into the public life. However, I don't think, I really believe that we as Christians have believed this lie that we are all called into the spotlight. Where actually, I don't think that's the case. That we're all called into a public life to be public figures. And that is not the case. I really do believe that we are called to be marked by God. And we are not called to market ourselves, right? I also think about what, and help me Holy Spirit, please. Um, I think about what Francis Chan said. It's He says, you know, in his ministry, there was times where he would say, Holy be Francis Chan's name instead of Holy be his name. Holy be his name. Sometimes we do things out of, I thank you, Holy Spirit. I'm going to read the scripture real quick. Um, and this is in uh, Philippians, uh, Philippians 1. And it's like 1, uh, 14 where he goes on to say, um, some, it is true, are actually preaching Christ out of envy, rivalry towards me for no better reason than a competitive spirit or misguided ambition. Dang. Let me repeat that again. Here we see Paul again saying, some, it is true. And this is Philippians 1. 15, it says, some, it is true, are actually preaching Christ out of envy and rivalry towards me for no better reason than a competitive spirit or misguided ambition, but others out of goodwill and a loyal spirit towards me. The latter preach Christ out of love because they know that I have been put here by God on purpose for the defense of the gospel, but the former preach Christ insincerely out of selfish 
ambition, just self-promotion, thinking that they are causing me distress in my imprisonment. What then does it matter so long as in every way, whether in pretense for self-promotion or in all honesty to spread the truth, Christ is being preached and in this I rejoice. And I, I mean, I've encountered this where I have seen a certain individual, you know, if I send her certain things, it's like she has to put something out like, no, look at me, like, what do they say? Up one me, right? And I, and I, and the Holy Spirit led me to the scripture that he said, you know, some preach out of a competitive spirit and misguided ambition. Some, some preach out of envy and rivalry and some do preach out of a loyal spirit. But he said, Lori, it doesn't matter if she's doing it out of envy and rivalry or if she's doing it out of a good spirit, whatever, what matters is, is that Jesus is being glorified. And so then I looked back to, um, I looked back to, you know, what does this have to do with, with our, our life? You know, are we striving to be a public figure or are we allowing God to use us in our private life? Are we allowing God to really, you know, lead us into his ways? And then I look at, you know, um, one of the scriptures that really touched me was in First Peter uh, 4, but let it be the inner beauty of the hidden person of the heart, the hidden person of the heart. You know, God knows our heart. God sees our heart. And I really do believe that, you know, if God didn't call us into those platforms, you know, into those places of being a public figure, that we would be uh, satisfied to live in the private places that God called us to. You know, some people out there, I think about you know, there are so many churches, there are so many ministries. Why aren't people being set free? Because the anointing is not there. You know, there are people that are preaching, leaders that are still in bondage, right? That are preaching out of bondage instead of out of freedom. And we can only receive the anointing ourselves when we have gone through the process of being crushed, of being pressed, right? That's the only way that we can have the anointing of God that sets others free. It is the, you know, it is the anointing that breaks the yokes on others. It is the truth that will set us free. And I think about what Nate said that, you know, Satan comes to fight um, freedom. He is fighting freedom. You know, he doesn't want us to be set free. I think about, you know, people and individuals and friends that I come across that I know are super anointed and they are not given the opportunities to, to be in ministry and so forth, right? And I think about how, man, the Christian celebrity realm has really infiltrated or the celebrity culture has really infiltrated the church that everybody wants to be in the spotlight. Everybody wants to be that public figure in the Christian 
culture, right? But what about if God didn't call us to that and God called us into the private life, into those private places, right? That instead of seeking after and performing to be a public figure, we would just be holy and humble to live the private life that God has called us to live. And I, and I was reminded by the Holy Spirit, um, I think about, there was an article that I thought about how Kim Kardashian said, you know, she's a public figure, everybody knows her. And I was reading an article where she said, you know what I miss most is those ordinary moments that I cannot have back. You know, everybody knows who I am. Everybody knows what I'm doing and so forth. But I miss those ordinary moments. And I think about that instead of this celebrity Christian culture that has infiltrated the church, that we would become set apart, marked by God in the private places where we are pressed, where we are changed, right? Where we are healed. And thank you, Holy Spirit. I think of a... um, this beautiful um, scripture that the Lord gave to me uh, a couple weeks ago, and it's in Psalm 139. And this just wrecked me so good because I thought about how it says in Psalm 139, 14, I will give thanks and praise to you for I am fearfully and wonderfully made. Wonderful are your works and my soul knows it very well. This is the uh, Psalm 139.15. This is the one that I was like, man, my frame was not hidden from you when I was being formed in secret. When I was being formed in secret and intricately and skillfully formed as embroidered with many colors in the depths of the earth, your eyes have seen my unformed substance. Ah, that just wrecked me right there. And in your book, we're all written the days that were appointed for me. Here we see how God forms us in the secret places. He allows us, he sees our unformed places that need to be formed in us, but they can only be formed in the private secret places. And I think sometimes we rush to be the next person, the next, you know, thing, and we rush the process so that we can be seen right and I think about man like our church has forsaken the holy ordinary moments that we are not all called to ministry God has set certain individuals apart to be in the office offices that he called that he built right they are gifts to the body of Christ they are apostles evangelists prophets priests uh excuse me pastors and teachers, right? And I think about how we are all, like, it's almost like I see this rat race in the Christian realm and church that we're all striving to be a public figure. When remember guys, God didn't all call us to sit in the fivefold ministry of those offices. He called certain individuals to sit in those places. And I think it's time for us to take back our freedom and say, hey, 
if if I really believe the word of God, that God does not withhold anything good from me, and the life that I'm living right now is God's best for me, then I'm going to live that out of a place of faithfulness, out of a place of purpose, right? And I think about also how how, you know, so many individuals, uh, I think our culture always pushes people to be public figures. They push that you're only significant, you're only valuable, you're only important if you are a public figure, right? And I think about how, how like, man, like, that is such a demonic belief that we are believing when God called us into intimacy. God called us into places of secrecy, into places of privacy, right? And I also think about, you know, like what Kim Kardashian said, that she misses our ordinary life, guys. Like she misses the life that we live if we don't have those platforms, right? And then I think about how celebrities crave privacy. I mean, think about Lana Del Rey, where she said she's turning off all of her social media for privacy and transparency. Like celebrities are hungering for what we have. And some of us are hungering for what they have. Right. And I think about, and I take this to the Lord and I'm, and he said to me, like, you guys have been believing this Christian celebrity culture that, you know, everybody's meant to be in full-time ministry. Everybody's meant to to be in the spotlight everybody is meant to you know be ministers and I and I really I I think about what Nate said you know Nate's job changed and there's been a lot of changes and and you know this this particular change led me to being a stay-at-home mom for this season and I think about that being a stay-at-home mom has been the hardest thing I have had to do yet but it's been the most rewarding because I have sensed and felt the presence of God more than ever in my life there are places in me that God is healing me that if I would not have been given the this opportunity I don't know what would happen and I will go over those things later but I think about how you know there were so many people in the church that would prophesy over Nate and I and even um even Benny Hinn prophesied over Nate and said that he would be a great minister and nothing against Benny Hinn or anybody, right? And this doesn't mean that God will never do anything, that there's nothing more, right? I'm just saying that, you know, uh, learning to be content in where God has placed us, learning to be faithful in the life that God has given us instead of living in this expectation of where we should be at, right? That we would be content and find joy and trust and confidence in the time, in the space that God has allowed us to live in, in the moment, in the ordinary moments that we would find the holy of the ordinary moments. We look at, like I said, celebrities that are fighting for and, and longing and turning off and leaving their platforms, leaving their fame for privacy and transparency. Yet I see us that may not be famous that are fighting and struggling and striving to be those public figures, right? And I really believe that it's putting things into perspective. 
you know, putting things into that we are all striving for this like public figure. When God called us, if God called us to live this simple life, that we would live it to to the best, that we would make the best of it, right? And I'm going to give you an example. So like I was saying about Nate, how, you know, um, they prophesied over him that he would minister all over the world, that he was just going to do great and mighty things. And I'm not saying he's not going to, or he's not. I'm just saying this was what was said to him. And he is an example of someone that I saw in the past become frustrated, right? Become frustrated in a sense of like, God, like I thought you would, you know, make me a minister. I thought you would do this. And God has been changing his heart so beautifully because, you know, he he's doing a different type of work right now. And he said, Lori, if I wasn't here, like people get it all twisted and they think that we need to be ministers in the public eye. But God called us to minister in the private places of where he has placed us in. He has called us to minister to the people that are closest to us, right? And he um, he's out in the oil fields right now. And, you know, nobody wants to do that job. It's a hard job. It's very aggressive. It's very, um, I guess, just it's hard. It's hard work. And it's, I would say, you know, he, he first initially says, like, I'm not going to the oil fields. I'm going to the mission fields. And I'm like, oh my God, the fact that you're thinking about it as your mission field is so beautiful to me. And so he's been meeting different guys, different unbelievers, some that believe but are not really seeking the Lord, right? And he gave me an example of how he was able to pray for one of his co-workers. And he's like, Lori, you know, this man said that he doesn't really pray, that he believes but doesn't really pray. And, um, and he's like, I just, you know, laid my hand on him. I started praying for him and I started to, to see God move, turn his heart from a stone to flesh. And I think about how many of us, you know, we're seeking after the next best thing. We're seeking after, you know, being seen, being known, being public, right? And God really does things in the private places. He, he calls us into places of secrecy, of privacy. You know, we even look at where he says, when you pray in secret, when you pray in private to your heavenly father, when you fast in secret, right? Like there is power, guys. There is power in the life that we are living in private, right? I think about, you know, people that are living the public life are hungering for our private life. We are seeing celebrities leave the public life because of the in intensity of the lack of privacy and transparency. And I almost see the people that are in the public life that, you know, have to perform, that have to do this and that, that it's always... Uh, do more, do more, do more. I have to continue this momentum of being famous, right? 
And I, I really thought about it like, man, it really hit me hard for me personally when I read that article from Kim Kardashian where she says, if I could give all of my fame and wealth and just have my ordinary life again, I would take it back, right? And then when I heard Lana Del Rey say that she's deleting all her social media and she's, um, and she's you know, kind of moving away from the public life because she wants privacy and transparency, I'm like, man, there is something that Satan is trying to fight us if we are living a life of privacy. And if you are living a life of privacy where you're not a public figure, do not consider it like despise it. Thank you, Holy Spirit. Like do not despise the life that God has given you. And this is really my message that I'm trying to speak to you that if you are like me, who is just an ordinary person who doesn't have tons of influence, who doesn't have this platform and stages and anything like do not despise the life that God has given you because there are people out there that are seeking to have the private life that you share you being a stay-at-home mom you working, you going out and not and doing things, right? You serving when no one is watching, you doing things for people, giving to people when no one is watching. Like that is the power that we find in the presence of Jesus. And we will go over this in other episodes. And I'm just, I want to encourage you that, you know, some are called to, to those offices of ministry. They are a gift to the body of Christ. I think of, you know, people like Christine Kane. Um, I think about Reinhard Bonnke, uh, even Benny Hinn, uh, Catherine Coleman, um, Smith Wigglesworth, um, uh, Lesser Summerall, Rod Parsley, like those are leaders. Those are gifts to the body of Christ because they have Andres Bassoni. Like they are called, even our pastor, I, oh my gosh, like we love our pastor, Chuck um, Mayer. And man, like those are people that are called because they have been marked by God. They have the anointing of God to break the yokes off of people. Like those are gifts to the body of Christ. Not everybody is called into ministry and we should stop believing this lie that we need to be in the spotlight and be the public figure like the culture pushes us to believe like that is a lie that we need to stop believing and do not despise the life that God has given us in the private places like if we don't see that public figures are leaving their life of publicity and public life to a life of privacy we I don't know what like what will awaken you but like there is power in our private life there is source in our private life and God is in not necessarily in the public places like he is always in the private places and instead of us striving to be like the culture and this celebrity Christian culture and this country club culture and cliquish, you know, that we would truly be who God created us to be. I also wanted to give this example, like there's an individual that preaches, you know, faith without works is dead. But what about if God didn't call us to do all these things, right? But the work is actually done inside of our heart, right? That our faith 
would be expressed through love, that our faith would be expressed through our husbands, through our sons, through our daughters, through our families, through our brothers and sisters, through that our works would be that out of love, that our faith would be expressed through love. Now, you know, this doesn't mean like be lazy and don't, you know, but it's really like faith without works. Like the work is inside of our heart and not, it's not necessarily producing. Right. And I think, and I say that because I think about when Jesus was told by believers, right? They said, Jesus, didn't we cast out demons in your name? Jesus, didn't we prophesy in your name? Jesus, didn't I do this ministry in your name? And what did he say? Excuse me. He said, get away from me. I never knew you. And we only know God in the private places. We only know God when we have been fully connected to the spirit of God as he is the vine and we are the branches. And then thank you, Holy Spirit. He gave me an analogy of fruit, right? A fruit, a tree. Let's think about a orange tree, right? It doesn't push. It doesn't strive to to push and push and push throughout. It just happens naturally. And I challenge us that we would not despise the life that God has given us, that we would surrender our purpose and our dreams and our and our hopes unto him and that we would be grateful for the life that God has given us and that this expectation that we would we should be here I should be doing this I am falling behind and I'm guilty guys I am so guilty of feeling that way like when I hear this particular person I'm like oh my god I'm falling behind I'm not doing enough right and God like sat me down and was like Lori like you are enough like you seek after me, you love me, you, you're with me and that is enough for me. And, and I'm just like, man, uh, and I think about what he said to me. He, he gave me this analogy that he said, when something is valuable to you, you don't want to share sometimes, right? Like when you really enjoy something, you don't want to share it. And I think about like that we we would just not despise the private life that God has given us because there are so many people in the public life that are hungering for our private life. And if God did call us into ministry to be a gift to the church, that he would do it in his timing, that we would not rush things, that we wouldn't do it out of striving and performing, but that we would spend the time to be marked by God and not just market ourselves, that we would truly understand and count the cost of what we do, that we wouldn't believe the culture lie that they tried to feed us, that we need to be public figures, that we need to have a platform, that we need to be seen and known, and that's the only reason, and that's only the only way that we are important and significant, but that we would not despise the private life that God has given us because there are people in the public life that want what we have. And so I just challenge you to really take this to the Lord. And if, like I said, this is a message that was really hard for me. Excuse me. That was kind of hard for me to speak because I'm like, I know this particular person is going to listen to this and I don't want them to be offended. And, and the Lord said, don't even worry about it. Like, preach and say what I need you to say. 
And I, I just challenge us, guys, do not despise the life that God has given you. Do not despise the private life that he has given you because there are people out there that want what we have. And there is power in the private places that God leads us to and that we would be humble enough to step into the process that if he has called us into a public place, that we would be humble enough to go into the private private places, like it says in uh, Psalm 139, my frame was not hidden from you when I was being formed in secret, that we would allow the process of the private place to take form so that we can be fully developed in Christ Jesus. Because if we're not, it's going to be known. And so I think about, you know, also that he says, your eyes, your eyes have seen my unformed substance. And in your book, were all written the days that were appointed for me. Like God has appointed certain days in our life that things are dreams our purpose and everything will come to pass, but that we would be patient. We would be patient in the process through the private places that God takes us to, that we would not despise the beautiful private place, the private life that God has given us, and that we would stop the lie and believing the lie that we need to become public figures, that we need to rush things, that we need to be the next best thing, right? But that we would be grateful for the time and the the space that God has allowed us because God does not withhold anything good from us. And that if he put us here in this particular time, there is a reason, there is a place, there is something that he wants to develop in us and that we would just not rush the process for through performance, but that we would allow the Holy Spirit to transform our hearts and that our faith would be expressed through love, that our works would actually take place in our heart and not just in the natural, like in the exterior, because I always, he always says, live from the inside out, right? And I'm going to leave you with this, that we would not chase after things that we would not chase after things that God did not call us to, but that we would attract what is ours, that we would not be chasing after things, but that we, as, as the Holy Spirit is working, as our faith is transforming our heart, that we would begin to attract those things that belong to us. And so remember, do not despise the life that God has given you. Give him those expectations, surrender those expectations to his hands and allow him to do what he needs to do. The only thing that God requires out of us is obedience. It is to love him. It is to seek first the kingdom of God in his righteousness. It is to know who the Lord is. Remember, what did he tell those people? Get away from me. I never knew you. It's to know him and to be known by him. That's what it really like comes down to. And so thank you, Holy Spirit. We worship you, Jesus. We praise you, God. You are a holy God. You are a God of hosts, Father. You are um, majestic and wonderful. You are a God of mercy. You are a God of grace, Lord. There is no one like you, Jesus. And I cherish you, Father.
We just ask for forgiveness, God. We ask for forgiveness for despising the life that you have presented to us, Jesus. I thank you, Father God, that you allow us to see the holiness of the ordinary moments, the holiness of the private life that you have given us, Jesus. I thank you, Father God, for removing the lies of the enemy, God, and that we would know the truth and the truth would set us free. God, that we would continue to um, be liberated by the Spirit of God, Jesus. I thank you, God, that we say yes to the process, that we say yes to the pace that you created us for, God. I thank you, Father God, that you allow the anointing of God to break the yokes off of us, Lord, that we would be free, God that the anointing of God would set us free, Jesus. I thank you, Father God, for allowing us and helping us to not despise the lives that you have given us, but to rejoice and know that you do not withhold anything good from us, that you have promised, that you have seen our unformed substance, and that you have appointed our days, Lord. You have destiny, God. And so thank you, Father God, for giving us the strength to fulfill the destiny destiny, the purpose for which you created us for God, that we are not like other people that, you know, preach out of rivalry and envy, but that we preach because we are fully consumed by the fire, by the boldness, by the word of God, Lord, to set other people free, to allow other people to also be set on fire, Jesus. I thank you, Father God, that no matter what, Jesus is being glorified, that you are holy. You are a holy fire, Jesus. I thank you, Father God, for awakening passion in us, awakening awakening purpose in us, Jesus. I thank you, Father God, that you remove the smoky mirrors, Father, and that you allow us to see our purpose with clarity, God, that you would allow us to know what you are calling us to and inviting us to, Jesus, not out of a place that we have to perform, but out of a place of identity. I thank you, God, that you are being glorified. I thank you, God, for allowing us to rejoice in the life that you have given us, to be grateful for the life that you have given us, knowing that in you, we can do all things through you who gives us the strength. In Jesus' name.